You are Locked On Vols, your daily Tennessee Volunteers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Vols, your team every day. My name is Josh Ward. Thank you for being here today. We have moved into the single digits until Tennessee will kick off the season against Georgia State. In nine days, Tennessee will begin the season. We are rapidly approaching the start of the year with Florida and Miami playing a game in two days. They'll play on Saturday, and then, of course, next week, just about everybody else gets going in the college football world. On today's show, I will continue to look ahead to the start of the season. You'll hear about the offensive line in segment number one, but it's not just about guys moving around. That is a part of the conversation. That's not really stopping right now. You'll hear Jeremy Pruitt on that. But also the motivation behind Tennessee's offensive line working to play better this year so that the conversation does change. You'll hear senior Marcus Tatum talk about that. You're going to want to hear what he had to say about his motivation heading into his final year at Tennessee. That's in segment number one. In segment number two, we'll get another national opinion on Tennessee. Bill Bender of Sporting News is a guy I really respect. He was on Sports 180 this week and talked about what to look for in year two with Jeremy Pruitt and what could be a successful season to try to build on in the future. He looks at a potential matchup at the end of the season that I think would be intriguing to Tennessee fans. I'll get to that in segment number two. And then in the third and final segment, Tennessee received good recruiting news on Wednesday. I'll tell you about the latest addition to Tennessee's 2020 class. That's right here on Locked on Vols, which you can find anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do wherever you listen to podcasts. If you are subscribed, as soon as the show posts, it will be right there in your feed. Thanks to everybody who has done that so far. Thanks to everybody who has helped spread the word to Tennessee fans about Locked on Vols. So as you've probably heard at this point, Tennessee's offensive line is a big focal point. I think it's the biggest question mark heading into the season, not just because I'm not sure how it's going to play, but because of the importance of the offensive line in what Tennessee is trying to get done. Jim Chaney has said that you can't coach around an offensive line, at least if it's a really weak offensive line and you have big expectations for an offense. He said it's pretty much impossible. Now, you obviously still try, and you go out and try to figure out things that you can do offensively if you have issues up front. But if Tennessee is going to maximize its potential, the offensive line needs to play well. It also has to protect its quarterback, Jared Garantano. A weaker offensive line could mean a more likely chance that Jared Garantano gets hurt. And as you've also heard, Tennessee right now does not appear well-equipped to handle an injured Jared Garantano. But then there's also just the motivation of trying to change the status of Tennessee's football program and change the conversation that Tennessee's offensive linemen are probably tired of hearing. Listen to what Marcus Tatum said when he met with the media on Wednesday. Tatum is a senior offensive lineman who has spent the last few years trying to get bigger, trying to improve, played a fair amount last year after uh, Trey Smith went out because of the blood clot issues. But listen to Marcus Tatum here talking about being a more aggressive player and his motivation level. It's tired of losing. It's really embarrassing to go out there and just everybody just blaming it on us and just usually is our fault most of the time. So it's just just want to make a difference. Just don't want to be that whole excuse of why we're losing, why this university is falling apart. That's a pretty strong comment there from Marcus Tatum. Called it embarrassing and said that it often is their fault. But also to say be the reason that the university is falling apart. And he's talking about the Tennessee football program, which is 
a huge program. It's a big brand. It has a huge following, not only on campus or in Knoxville, but really across the world. There are Tennessee fans following the program everywhere, essentially. So that's a lot of weight that he's putting on himself and he's putting on the shoulders of the offensive linemen. It's almost a little over the top, but it does tell you kind of the mindset of several Tennessee players. I'm sure Tatum is not the only player who thinks that or thinks something similar to that. And when I hear it, it makes me feel bad for what he's probably had to go through the last few years. And also, if you think about Marcus Tatum, he arrived not ready to play. He needed to put on a lot of weight. He was going to redshirt his first season at Tennessee, and then injuries occur, and he's out there having to play against Alabama for the first time in his college career, and he just wasn't ready. And it wasn't his fault that he wasn't ready, but he wasn't. And if the rules were what they are now back then, he could have redshirted that year, and Tatum would be a redshirt junior. So Tennessee's offensive line has obviously taken a hit for a number of different reasons. I've gone through those at times, but it's a combination of injuries, guys not panning out, and guys deciding that they wanted to be somewhere else. That 2015 class really didn't work out for Tennessee for several different reasons, and it put Tennessee behind, I think, in the way that Tennessee is playing. Then you have other issues that have popped up, like Trey Smith's unfortunate situation with the blood clots he's had to deal with, his medical condition, which is obviously out of his control, he's a guy that should be a preseason first-team All-SEC member getting ready for the NFL draft. And instead, he's having to work with doctors on a plan so that he can hopefully play football for Tennessee, and then you see what happens after that. That's just one example of really unfortunate happenings for Tennessee's offensive line, and you hope all the best for Trey Smith. And right now, there does seem to be optimism that he's going to play, But that's also something that Tennessee's just had to deal with. And uh, nobody's more frustrated by that, I'm sure, than Trey Smith. So uh, Marcus Tatum saying that, I think, is probably being a little too hard on himself and the position group. But it gives you an idea of what their mindset is and the conversation that they are trying to change. Now, here's the latest conversation from Tennessee's head coach, Jeremy Pruitt. When he met with the media on Tuesday, he talked about the ongoing search for a starting offensive line, the starting five. This is what Jeremy Pruitt said about the plan right now, which is certainly subject to change, but where things stand with a little less than a week and a half to go before the opener. No, I think we'll probably play eight to ten guys. I really do. Um, I think there's going to be that many guys that deserve to play. Uh, I think we're going to need to play that many guys, you know. Uh, So we'll, we'll keep working on that way and I think it's good. It's good for competition. Uh, you know, n- n- nobody's going to get complacent. Just go out there and work. Ever who performs the best every day will be with the ones. You know, uh, it's a kind of production-based industry, so just do it that way and, you know, be a good thing. Jeremy Pruitt talking about Tennessee's offensive line. I'm sure that it's good for the competition to continue to push guys saying we could play eight, nine, ten guys, and that should lead to players continuing to compete for a starting position or trying to move up to take away a starting spot. But I don't know too many offensive linemen that think it's a good idea that it's in the line's best interest to be playing eight to ten guys. You're looking for continuity up front. You're looking for consistent play. If you're needing eight to ten players – That means you lack confidence in what your starting five is. Now, if Trey Smith is starting, I would think that Tennessee would have a plan in place 
so that he doesn't necessarily have to play every possession through four quarters. You'd rather have somebody ready to go to spell Trey, who has not been at full contact yet. He is still waiting for clearance in that regard, as best we can tell. But in terms of the starting offensive line and what's best for the offense, I would think that Tennessee would like to establish a starting five and focus on those five players, but it doesn't necessarily look like that's going to happen before the Georgia State game. This could carry on into the season. A little bit later, you're going to hear a former Tennessee offensive lineman talk about the importance of finding continuity. Before this segment ends, I also wanted you to hear Marcus Tatum talk about something that's gotten some attention recently, and that's Jim Chaney, Tennessee's offensive coordinator, seeming to spend a little extra time with the offensive linemen, at least when the media is able to watch practice in the early individual drills. Listen to what Marcus Tatum said about Chaney spending more time with the offensive line. It shows he just cares, and you can just tell, like, if there's now like we actually have a lot more bodies so coach friend might need some help and they might he might want to focus on guards one day coach chain wants to focus on the tackles might flip flop just a good situation i would think that it's good for tennessee's offensive line for jim cheney to be more involved as well remember he is not coaching a specific position so it allows him to spend a little bit more time with a big group as tatum is describing there the offensive line conversation is not going away o-line coach will friend will meet with the media on thursday so you'll probably hear from him on friday's show and I'll let you hear about the importance of finding continuity. Don't take my word for it. Listen to what a former Tennessee player said about that a little bit later in the show. Coming up next, a look ahead to the 2019 season for Tennessee and a bowl projection for the Vols. I'll tell you about that coming up next as Locked On Vols is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, which also hosts Locked On Fantasy Football with Vinny Iyer. Vinny gives you the edge with more than 20 years covering fantasy football. If you listen to the same stuff as everyone else, you are the same. So check out Locked On Fantasy Football with Vinny Iyer, who will put you ahead on draft day and put you ahead all season long. Locked On Fantasy Football. Find it on your favorite podcast provider. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We are entering the final stretch for predictions for the upcoming season. I think all national college football writers have to have their predictions done this week because you have a pretty big game on Saturday between Florida and Miami. Tennessee kicks things off a week from now, so locally we can hold things off if need be. But uh, I do think it's interesting right now to collect perspectives from around the country on where things stand with Tennessee and where the Vols might be entering Jeremy Pruitt's second year. And then at the end of the season, we can look back and see how wrong all of us were. But on uh, Sports 180 on WNML in Knoxville on Monday, we talked to Bill Bender from Sporting News. Heather Harrington and I talked to him about a number of subjects, including Tennessee's football team. And Bill has said in the past he thinks Jeremy Pruitt was a good hire and that he will recruit well at Tennessee. And remember, there's some recruiting news on Tennessee coming up in just a few minutes. 
But I asked Bill for his latest thoughts on Jeremy Pruitt as Tennessee's head coach, year two, and also we get into a bowl projection that he has made for Tennessee this upcoming season. But uh, first, just overall thoughts from Bill Bender on what Tennessee might try to accomplish this upcoming season. I hate to put it this way, but I think you shoot for finishing third in the division. You know, you, you beat, try to beat Missouri. I'm not seeing them as a sleeper like everybody else. You know, take that from Kentucky, South Carolina, got to beat Vandy. And then you see where you stand in the three big rivalry games. I mean, Tennessee's in that, they're in that spot where you got to go out and try to take a swing at Georgia and Alabama. And that's two of the three top programs in the country right now. And all the same time, try to gain some ground on Florida that had a big year in Dan Mullen's first year. And, and I think it starts with beating the teams you're supposed to beat, getting to a bowl game, continuing the recruiting, you know, that Jeremy Pruitt did in year one. He got some good dudes. So I think it just starts with that. I really think it's trying to get to seven wins, get to a bowl game. Bill Bender, Sporting News. Bill, have you been able to get a sense for how Jeremy Pruitt is viewed as a head coach? He, he's had a lot of success as a coordinator, but what stood out in conversations you've heard in the last 18 months or so about Jeremy Pruitt as a head coach? I don't think there's a strong endorsement of him, but at the same time, I, I, I've kind of been fair. Um, I think, you know, it, the way that coaching search ended, it's it's hard to look at Jeremy Pruitt as, you know, the, the first candidate they were looking at. But I, at the same time, he might be the right candidate. If the, I just look at the recruiting, and I, I think they recruited a little bit better last year. They're in a tough position as a program when the expectations are to beat those three schools I mentioned earlier. And I think that's where you have to make the next headway. I mean, they proved last year they can play with an Auburn. You know, they beat Auburn. But they've got to be more consistent, especially against the back half of that division. And I think, again, if I was looking for a goal for Tennessee, and I know they don't want to hear this, but beat those four teams and then take your swings at the bigger teams in the conference. As you were talking about the projection and the building of the program with Jeremy Pruitt, your bowl projections, you do have Tennessee versus Nebraska, so that would create some storylines, I'm sure, in the Tax Slayer Bowl. If that happens, what do you think we are talking about with Tennessee at the end of the season if your uh, bowl projection comes true? I think you'd probably be where Nebraska is now in a lot of or the winner of that game will be really hyped up going into year three for both of those programs. And yeah, it'd be a lot of fun to see Nebraska play Tennessee. Um, you know, bring up memories. Well, not memories. Tennessee fans want to remember about <laughs> right. Orange Bowl, but I think uh, you know. But but at the same time, it would be a bowl game, and it would be a good spot for the Tennessee to get there. And uh, I always tell people, whether it's Tennessee, Florida State, whoever, if you want to talk about bowl games, don't matter. I, I always say, talk to the fan base and the, and the coach of that fan base who didn't make one. Bill Bender of Sporting News. So he projects Tennessee versus Nebraska in the postseason, which would really be interesting because you're talking about second-year coach Jeremy Pruitt versus second-year coach Scott Frost, two guys who have created a lot of optimism within each program. And you also have the history of Tennessee-Nebraska, as Bill alluded to there. And then also, Nebraska is going into this season as a preseason top 25 team. I think Nebraska came in at number 24 in the Associated Press poll earlier this week. And I think a lot of people in Knoxville or a lot of Tennessee fans have said, hey, why is Nebraska getting this kind of love? It's a team that went 4-8 and eight last year, and it's been down for a little while as well. The, the programs are fairly comparable as well, I would say, Tennessee and Nebraska, and both are trying to get back up to a high level. But I, I think a lot of Tennessee fans have said, what's with the love for Nebraska? They went 4-8. and eight. Why would they make a big jump? And part of it you can say is, well, that division is maybe not the toughest, but they're 
other teams within that division that are ranked or getting a good amount of attention. Wisconsin, Iowa, Nebraska are all being talked about. Minnesota could make some kind of jump this year as well under P.J. Fleck. So I get it when Tennessee fans say, how come Nebraska's getting this kind of love? And Nebraska does still have to show that it can play at that high level. Another reason would be there's a lot of hype around quarterback Adrian Martinez, a second-year player who is considered kind of a sleeper Heisman candidate. Martinez is a former Tennessee commitment. He was committed to Tennessee while Butch Jones was the head coach. And a lot of people think that he could break out and become a star player at quarterback. So Scott Frost plus Adrian Martinez, that combination, I think is a big reason Nebraska is getting some talk as well. And again, this is all preseason talk. We'll see how it plays out. But if it's Tennessee versus Nebraska in the postseason, one that will mean Tennessee will have done some good things this year. And if Tennessee goes seven and five, which is probably where I'm leaning with my prediction for this year and what Bill mentioned there a few minutes ago. If Tennessee can get to 7-5, and five, that's not a banner year. That's not something that former Tennessee players are going to be bragging about when you consider the history of Tennessee's program. But 7-5 and five this year, compared to where Tennessee has been the last couple of years, would create more optimism moving forward. And if Tennessee won its bowl game, if it were to beat Nebraska or somebody else, that would create a little momentum heading into the offseason. It also might help a little bit in recruiting, which continues to be a big focus as well. And I'll get to recruiting coming up next. Tennessee lands another commitment for the 2020 class. I'll tell you about him. And a former Tennessee offensive lineman tells you why finding the best five, finding continuity is so important for that offensive line. That's coming up next on Locked On Vols, your team every day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Remember, if you ever want to send me a question or comment for the show, hit me up on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I have links in the show notes. If you want to send me a message at any of those spots, please do so anytime. I had a mailbag segment on Wednesday's show, and I'll try to work in another one next week. So hit me up anytime if you have a question or comment for Locked on Vols. Tennessee landed a commitment from Washington, D.C. safety Mordecai McDaniel on Wednesday. McDaniel is a guy that Tennessee's coaching staff has really pushed hard to land, and Tennessee had to beat out some impressive schools to get McDaniel's commitment. It came down to Tennessee, Florida, and Penn State, and Tennessee was able to win out as the Vols continue to try to build depth, add speed and talent to the secondary. McDaniel is a three-star prospect. The composite ranking has him as the number 33 safety in the country and the number six player in the D.C. area. Now, mentioning his school is also of note because it's produced a good amount of talent. It's not just Mordecai McDaniel there. Rakeem Jarrett is a wide receiver from St. John's College High School who is currently committed to LSU, but I've mentioned him a number of times on this podcast. If you keep up with recruiting, then you're probably really familiar with Rakeem Jarrett's name. He is considered the number three wide receiver in the country, a top 20 prospect overall by the composite ranking. And while he's committed to LSU, Tennessee is very much in the mix there. Maryland is a school that's just down the road, or up the road, I guess, from the D.C. area that will be in the mix. Mike Loxley is going to continue to push there, and that's a school that produces a lot of talent. They also have Mikkel Sherman, an outside linebacker at that school, who is a five-star prospect committed to Georgia. But landing Mordecai McDaniel is a really nice get for Tennessee's class. That puts Tennessee at 15 commitments for 2020, and the commitment moved Tennessee just ahead of Kentucky, which landed defensive lineman Trayvon Ribka on Tuesday. 
another player that Tennessee was pursuing. So Tennessee moves up to number 22 in the country in the composite rankings. That puts Tennessee ninth best in the SEC. It's a really tight race right around where Tennessee is. South Carolina is number 19, Mississippi State is 20th, Ole Miss is 21st, Tennessee is 22nd. Those other schools do have more commitments than Tennessee. South Carolina has 17 guys committed, Mississippi State with 23, Ole Miss with 23, and then Tennessee with 15. So Tennessee with two commitments in the last week, landing Mordecai McDaniel on Wednesday, and then last Friday, outside linebacker B.J. Ojolari from Marietta, Georgia, committed to Tennessee as well. I think the Vols feel pretty good about what they have been able to get done recently. Uh, Before we get back to the offensive line coming up in just a moment, a note from Wednesday's practice, which was open for a couple of periods to the media early on in practice. And one thing that stood out is that during an individual period, Jeremy Pruitt spent almost that entire period working with a couple of defensive linemen, Elijah Simmons and Savion Williams. Tennessee continues to wait on word with Aubrey Solomon, the defensive line transfer from Michigan. And at this point, with less than a week and a half to go before the start of the season, Tennessee has to make plans to not have Aubrey Solomon available. And if that's the case, remember, Emmett Gooden's not playing this year either. That would put Tennessee without probably its top two defensive linemen. And Tennessee continues to look for help on the interior. So that's Jeremy Pruitt pushing a couple of newcomers. Junior college transfer Savion Williams, who was absolutely signed to come in and play right away. And then Elijah Simmons, a true freshman who's a big kid and can move pretty well. Tennessee will need both of those guys to help as this season goes along. And Jeremy Pruitt working with those guys is a reason that a lot of people say, They like what Jeremy Pruitt's able to do as a coach, and they believe in him in the future. His ability to coach, his ability to teach, that is said about a lot of his assistant coaches, but the conversation starts with the head coach, Jeremy Pruitt. So that was of note that he was doing that on Wednesday, working individually with Elijah Simmons and Savion Williams. Now, before I wrap things up, as you hear me talk over and over again about the offensive line and continuity and the need to find a starting five, you probably get tired of it. So I thought back to a conversation I had about a year ago with former Tennessee offensive lineman Kyler Kerbison. He was a senior in 2015, was a really good player for Tennessee. He played at guard. He played at tackle as well, moved around all over the place. Kyler knows what he's talking about when he talks about the offensive line. And a year ago, Tennessee was moving guys all around. So I asked him the question, why is it important to find continuity and to find the best five starting offensive linemen? And why might you move guys around? Listen to what Kyler said. It's not always the easiest thing to find that best starting five. And I'm, I'm sure the reason why there was movement is because of people's play. You know, it and the coaches see it as, you know, if you're not going to perform on that Saturday, if you're not going to give me all of the effort that you have, I'm going to find someone else to do it. Um, so they're going to try and fit someone in that they think is going to give them the best chance to win. Now, if that guy underperforms, they might flip it around. Um, you know, it is it is big to have that continuity to where, like, the guy next to you, you don't even have to say anything, and he knows what you're going to do. Uh, that's what you want. But that's not always the case. Sometimes you just got to play around it. Um, and that, that's a sign of a good player who can literally play with anybody next to them. Former Tennessee offensive lineman Kyler Kerberson. It'll continue to be a talking point between now and the start of the season. And by the way, I would say if Trey Smith is able to go, he's a guy that can line up just about anywhere and play alongside other players. So if he is out there at left guard, 
that would help either Jameer Johnson or Wanya Morris at left tackle and would help Brandon Kennedy at center as well. So we'll continue to monitor that. The lines of scrimmage will continue to be a talking point. Coming up tomorrow, I'll kind of put a bow on the camp portion of Tennessee's practice as the Vols really do begin game week activities, and it'll be our final Friday heading into the weekend without a Tennessee game to talk about. That's coming up tomorrow on Locked on Vols. The show is here five days a week. Keep spreading the word to Tennessee fans. If you do have time to rate and review the show on iTunes, that's a big help. I looked on Wednesday and saw more ratings that have been added. So thanks to everybody who has done that. It's truly a big help. My name's Josh Ward. I appreciate you being here today, and I'll see you again tomorrow on Locked on Vols. <laughs>